everybody. Happy NCAA Tournament Day. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. We are not a basketball podcast. We are an NFL podcast. I am Will Brinson. This is your daily NFL podcast on CBS Sports. No doubt everyone is waking up to listen to this NFL podcast ahead of the NCAA Tournament. But if maybe, maybe you are. And if you are and you want to win your bracket and you haven't filled out your bracket because this podcast comes out in the morning, I got a no-brainer solution for you. Go to Sportsline.com and get your office bragging rights taken care of. Last year, Sportsline's optimal bracket finished in the top 5% of CBS Sports brackets, called Villanova winning it all, and their upset bracket is correctly predicted 12 of 18 first-round upsets by double-digit seeds the last three years. Go to Sportsline.com slash brackets. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you're going to get your first month of sports time for a dollar. So for basically for a dollar, you're going to get their simulated bracket. Uh, you don't have the time. you got to go to your job. You can get your bracket done for free, easy. Or you could just listen to me and John Breach tell you who's going to win, which we'll do later in this podcast. John Breach, what's up, buddy? That's a great tease, Brenton. That's a fantastic tease. And you know what? You're lucky you caught me because this is usually – I go into hibernation. I go dark during the NCAA tournament. I don't return text messages. <laughs> I don't talk to anyone. I just sit in front of a TV. It's it's really the only week of the year where I really get into another sport besides the NFL. You know, like I'll casually watch an NBA game here and there or a baseball game here and there. NCAA tournament, I will watch 12 straight hours nonstop. So this is probably the last time we talk to each other until Monday. Uh, almost certainly. Look, there, there's no, I'm, I'm actually now dreading having to do a podcast on Thursday night because it's going to involve finding time in between basketball games to record a podcast. Um, what, what, what I really want to do is just ignore my family, um, tell my wife I'm not fixing, uh, the, the running toilet. Okay. I'll deal with that later. I, I got to brag on myself, by the way. I fixed a uh, leaky dishwasher by myself. I mean, was it broken or was it just like water coming out? A lot of people, we need to know what degree this was broken to. The water, uh, one the, one wa- to the water was dr- pouring out on the floor on, on the bottom. I had to change the dishwasher seal. As it turns out, that's really, really easy to do. I don't know if you've ever done it. I've never done it before. I was, I was thinking I got to get a new dishwasher. So I was like doing the YouTube thing. I ended up buying a seal off Amazon. Um, and then just pull the old one pulls right out. The new one pops right in. It's easy. You don't, doesn't require any, it's really skill whatsoever. Um, I, I will say though that Amazon delayed delivery of the new seal, uh, by like 48 hours. Things got a little hairy in our kitchen for, for about 24 hours. I'm surprised. I mean, you came out as a true millennial tonight. That sounds like something Sean would do a DIY video. Do it yourself. <laughs> Go to YouTube. Look that stuff up. Well, Somebody's- I was. I mean, you. I, I disagree. I think that like my stepfather who was here, he's like, do you know, he's like, Brinson, you can find anything on YouTube. You need to know like how to do this. I go to YouTube. YouTube's incredible. I'm like, yeah, Carrie, <laughs> YouTube is incredible. Um, uh, one more mention. I'm drinking maybe my favorite beer in the entire world, John. A, you're a stout guy. You like stouts, right? This is a KBS. Have you ever had KBS? I have not, but I do love stouts. It is every, it's, uh, from Founders in, uh, Michigan. Maybe I should pick Michigan or Michigan State to win it all. Um, it is, uh, everything a stout ought to be. It is, uh, it is loaded with chocolate and coffee and deep, dark and rich. Uh, and it's, I gotta give a shout out to the folks at Ridgewood Wine and Beer in Raleigh. If you are ever, they're my friends, Pat and, um, Pat, Pat hooked it up. And, uh, and so if you're ever in Raleigh, you go to Ridgewood. Check it out. I'm there a lot. Not, not as much, unless my wife is listening, then, um, then, then I'm not there, but go to Ridgewood. It's a great place to, uh, to check out beer. Listen, we need to add a podcast three days a week. That's just on beer to your plate. I like it. I like so it. If anybody big is listening, Brinson three days a week doing a beer podcast. Cause he's not podcasting enough. You know, Heath and I want to do a beer podcast. We, we've talked about doing a, doing like just a beer podcast or maybe like a beer podcast mixed with football. And maybe it'll be like beer on Tuesday, football on Monday, beer on Tuesday, football on Wednesday, beer on Thursday, or something like that. Um, I got people. People now, I'm getting more notes. They're like, please start talking about beer more. You stop talking about beer; it's annoying. Uh, but we do need to talk about football, and there is some football news. We're going to go through the news, and then we're going to talk about John's free agency rankings. He ranked every single team's performance in free agency from one to 32 and even managed to take some pot shots at me at the top. I like it. Um, good. Your, your Twitter searching was, your Twitter searching was very nice. Um, 
And, uh, and so we're going to do that. And then we will reveal, should we do the, you know, we'll do the news and then we'll reveal our brackets. Uh, again, go to sportsline.com slash brackets. Use promo code touchdown. Get that free hookup. So I thought the biggest news of the day, John, well, the biggest NFL news, not, not necessarily draft news. I don't know if you read the whole thing. It, it was fairly long, but not insanely long. Um, and, uh, it was Le'Veon Bell who did an interview with Jenny Vrentis of the MMQB.com. And she was with Bell on the night he signed his free agency deal at that rap release party until 2 in the morning. Did a huge interview with him. Um, did a video with him on SITV. They're, they're, you know, poor, I'm not going to insult SITV, but it's a poor man, CBS Sports HQ. We'll put it that way. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Bell didn't, uh, didn't pull any punches really. He asked about his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. He said, yes, it was a factor in him leaving Pittsburgh. And then he wished his, uh, relationship with Big Ben was quote, more open, more genuine, more real. Bell said, quarterbacks are leaders. It is what it is, but you're still a teammate at the end of the day. You're not Kevin Colbert. You're not Art Rooney. He added, the organization wants to win. Coach Mike Tomlin wants to win. Ben wants to win. But Ben wants to win his way, and that's tough to play with. Ben won a Super Bowl, and he won when he was younger. Now he's at the stage where he tries to control everything, and the team to let him get there. So, I, the, and the team let him get there. So, if I'm mad at a player, and I'm not throwing him the ball, if I'm not throwing AB the ball, and I'm not, I'm giving Juju all the shine, or Jesse, or Vance, or whoever it is, and you know consciously you're making your other receiver mad, but you don't care, it's hard to win that way. Wow, what is your thought on? Okay. Uh, First of all, what are your thoughts on Le'Veon's comments? Second of all, as you sit there in your Miami University hoodie sweatshirt that people can't see on the audio podcast, but which I can see, do you think that Ben Roethlisberger's reputation as a leader, whatever it is, has been tarnished by the comments from Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell this offseason? Uh, well, here's the thing is that – it's Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. So you have to consider the sources, like the two most sure. toxic guys in the entire world. I and mean, we saw Antonio Brown pout for three months. Le'Veon Bell skipped out on every single one of his teammates in the t- 2018, not just Ben Roethlisberger. He threw all of them under the bus by not showing up. Uh, and also my favorite part of those comments that he said, which was one you didn't read, is that they would have won the Super Bowl in 2018 if that was in your story that you wrote, but I know you didn't just read it right now. But he said they would have won the Super Bowl if he would have been on the roster, which is just the most absurd thing I've ever heard because right. he was on the roster for five seasons, and they didn't even make it to the Super Bowl once. So I do think that hearing both these guys saying it, hearing Josh Harris, that uh, former Steelers player, say it, it seems mm. like there are definitely some chemistry issues. I mean, you can't deny that there's – the locker room just seems in total disarray. It's total chaos. I don't know how you fix that except maybe replacing Mike Tomlin. It's just mm. like he's lost control. This is like a substitute teacher walking into a kindergarten class, and all of a sudden people are rubbing poop on each other, doing finger <laughs> painting on the wall. It's, just, it's too much of a circus that you can't fix it without bringing in a new leader. So I don't even know because if you blame it on Roethlisberger, somebody's got to be enabling him. He's just a player as – uh, Le'Veon Bell mentioned he's not Kevin Colbert. He's not the owner. He's not Mike Tomlin. So he's been given this leeway. But the other part of that is I do think, hey, the guy has won two Super Bowls. He has kind of earned it. So people lead in different ways. And I feel like sometimes guys like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown need tough love. And it kind of feels like that's what Roethlisberger was giving them. So I would side, if I was picking percentages, I'm probably 65, 35 on Ben's side, you know, like obviously he's been doing some things that are rubbing people the wrong way and he doesn't care, you know, like, Hey Ben, cancel your radio show, man. Uh, Clearly that's making a lot of people (laughs) mad in your locker room. Like just suck it up and and end that thing. Uh, so what are you, what are you getting paid for this radio show? Like, are you getting paid like, like $10,000 a week? Cause if, if maybe then it would be worth it. But otherwise, like what, what, what amount of money do you need to do this radio show to piss off your teammates? And by the way, remember Kevin Colbert came out after the Antonio Brown trade and basically said, Ben, we have Ben and we have 51 other guys. I mean, and that's, look, that is how it works in terms of the quarterback and the relationship of the quarterback to the franchise and the rest of it. I mean, but in New England, I mean, they have Tom Brady and everybody else, but Tom Brady doesn't get that treatment. And I have to think that at some point, if you're Antonio Brown and, um, 
you're the best wide receiver in football, but then people say, well, if he didn't have Ben, it wouldn't work. Or you're Le'Veon Bell, and people say, well, if he went on the Steelers, he wouldn't be, you know, as good as he is. I, I think all of this really adds up to the notion that, um, you know, maybe Ben is entitled a little bit, but not because he's an entitled a-hole, just because the, the organization does in fact entitle him. Because he's earned it. And the one thing I will say about someone like Tom Brady is that, like, no, he doesn't go on a radio show and call out his teammates, but we see it on the sideline. He'll get just pissed off at some players, at his teammates. You'll see how mad he is. But then after the game, if they say anything, he doesn't add on to it. He's just like, yeah, that happens. Football, game of emotion. You know, goes into his Patriots talking points. But Brady, you definitely know he's who he's mad at at certain points in games when they mess up. So every quarterback calls out their players in different ways. There's just different ways to do it. And clearly uh, – Ben Roethlisberger is not very good at human interaction because uh, he doesn't see that his players clearly don't like how he communicates with them. No, I'm with you. And um, look, Philip Rivers, same kind of way, but he acts differently in terms of how he approaches it with his teammates. And so they all have a different way of dealing with it. And, and none of them have had to deal with Le'Veon Bell and, and Antonio Brown. Those guys are divas. And Le'Veon Bell had a, had a, a rap, a rap album release party the night he was signing in free agency, knowing that everybody did it at midnight, knowing when he would sign or the signing would leak, knowing everybody would download his album, knowing everybody would pay attention to him. I mean, Antonio Brown dyed his mustache blonde and turned into a freak show all offseason just to get traded. Like these guys are, uh, sociopaths. And I, I mean that sort of insultingly, but I mean, that's just, they're, they like their attention. Uh, also, for but, this- but then the other thing with Roethlisberger, real quick, is the whole thing about him fumbling the ball on purpose. Mm. Uh, and even though Bruce Gradkowski was his backup quarterback at the time when that happened, kind of defended him. Just kind of, he was like, "I don't think Ben fumbled on purpose. I think he didn't know the formation on the play, which is kind of just as bad when you're talking about guys <laughs> being quarterback for ten years not knowing the formations uh, on a simple play that where you're trying to run out the clock." So. It is just like – I think it's just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, the whole thing's a circus. I mean, Ryan, RIP to your team, Super Bowl chances. Yeah. Ryan Wilson. uh, I'm with you. I don't think that this is a very good look for them. Um, So also in that article, just you know, to to put a bow on it, uh, Bell said – or at least according to Jenny Vrentis, again, of the MMQB.com. It's a good article. You should go check it out. She's a great writer. Uh, According to Jenny, Bell claims the last offer he got from Pittsburgh – was for quote five years, seventy million, fourteen million per year, obviously, with the only fully guaranteed money being a ten million dollar signing bonus. He was scheduled to make thirty three million dollars in the first two years of the deal. Pittsburgh could have cut him in theory, uh, but as Jenny pointed out, the Steelers have never cut a player of his profile with that contract after one of those years. They, that's just how they do their contracts. Uh, you know, good good on them for being able to institute that policy. And Bell said. I was, quote, I was so close, like I almost signed it. And it is a, it's going to be a big what if. Like, I don't think they, I don't know if they win the Super Bowl, John, but certainly they're a better team if they have Le'Veon Bell healthy and maybe Antonio Brown and Ben don't start fighting each other. Maybe they're on the same page. Maybe the team coalesces before the season and, and doesn't lose the games early and makes the playoffs and then makes a run. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can make a case that Le'Veon Bell comes back and, and plays ball and they win the Super Bowl, right? Oh, yeah. I definitely think if he plays, they absolutely make the playoffs. Well, they miss it by one game. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is when you look at where they struggled, a lot of it was at the beginning of the season when they were still trying to figure out, hey, we think Le'Veon's going to be here. They're preparing like Le'Veon's going to be there. And then all of a sudden he's not there and then – they jump out of the gate their first four games. They went one, two, and one. Uh, you know, they, they got blown away by the Chiefs early, and then they came back and made that one close. The tie with the Browns was ugly. That was Hugh Jackson era Browns before Baker Mayfield was starting. I mean, that might have been the most embarrassing. I'm going to call it a loss because of, you know, who was on the field for Cleveland at that time. And then they got smoked by the Ravens. Their only win was a lucky Monday night win against Tampa Bay. They probably shouldn't have even won. So, like, Definitely having Levy on the field, not having him on the field hurt them early. And I do think they would have made the playoffs, but I do not think they would have won the Super Bowl. Um, also in the news, Dwayne Haskins had his pro day at Ohio State. I watched a good portion of that today. I'm sure our uh, NFL draft expert, Ryan Wilson, watched the whole thing intently. Maybe, maybe he's on the sidelines. Who knows? Maybe that's why he can't podcast. Um, 
I'm just kidding. I think he has to does go. He, does he even answer your text anymore? Or is he's it 8 o'clock past his bedtime? It's past his bedtime, and he's like, "I who is this? I'm too good for this show. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Ryan was at a old man soccer game, I think. Anyway, Dwayne Haskins threw pretty well. I thought he looked really sharp. Uh, Paris Campbell actually got injured during the pro day, and so he wasn't able to play a lot of, he wasn't able to run a lot of routes for Haskins, but Haskins, he was sweating his face off out there. It was crazy. I mean, not there's anything wrong with sweating. You're doing a, you know, you're in the middle of a workout, but I just remember ever seeing like a, a quarterback sweat that visibly aggressively, like in, in the middle of a pro day. Um, he did, but he looked good. I think of, if anything, um, he raised, not that he raised his draft stock, but I think he solidified wherever his status was and that it would be a shock if he falls out of the top 10, which jives with the, the notion that the Giants, sans Dev, Dave Gettleman, but with all everybody else, um, like some of Mara member, uh, Mara family member, all their, uh, assistant GMs, Pat Shermer was there, Mike Shula was there, um, they met with Dwayne Haskins the night before, went out to dinner with Haskins, and uh, snacked it up with the quarterback. What do you think the chances are of the Giants taking Dwayne Haskins in the first round? Oh, I think whatever I think they are, it's probably the opposite because I have no <laughs> idea what the Giants are doing. And I don't know if the Giants have any idea what they're doing. And you wrote that fantastic thing last week about the Giants don't know what their plan is. And, and that's the thing is that – they might be showing interest in Dwayne Haskins, but this could be a giant smokescreen. But that would be giving the Giants credit for knowing what a smokescreen is. So <laughs> I'm not even sure what to believe. Um, I do think that Dwayne Haskins probably goes third, you know, if you think about it. If, you, if the Cardinals will say take Kyler Murray, 49ers take a defensive player, that means, hey, we're the Jets. We're sitting here at number three. Somebody come up and get Dwayne Haskins. So it's going to be who wants them the most, and the Giants are in the best position to do it because they're picking six. You know, if you're the Redskins or the Dolphins, you're so far down, you'd have to give up a ton to get there. But I do think that, like you just said, his pro day was so strong, it solidified his position, and I feel like he's going to be at third overall at worst unless someone loves him enough. Third overall? Yeah. You think Haskins will be third overall? Or Ky- I, I think so if Kyler Murray goes one because wow. whoever needs a quarterback is going to think we have to move up to three because the Giants, if, if he's still there at six, you know, he's gone. That's a good point. So you got to make your move. Mm. All right. No, that's a good point. I Man, that would be crazy if they boast with third overall. Then everybody in the middle of the first, like everybody from six to, or like four, I mean, really four to ten is going to get just incredible defensive players. Like four through six or seven is going to get a, a ton of, uh, of really good players. By the way, um, Earl Thomas explained why he gave the, the middle finger to uh, Pete Carroll. A lot of frustration that day, Thomas told Peter King of NBC Sports. I was in a battle with a team, and I chose to play, and I was betting on myself. So when it happened, it just added to my frustration. I did what I did. I saw Pete Carroll, and I just was like, you won, you won. Just a very disappointing day. Uh, Earl Thomas gets to play the Seahawks next year. I would guess that he has a monster year. Or monster game against Seattle. He seems like a vengeful dude, and I like that in Earl Thomas. Um, the other important news of the day. The well, let me Jets- just say that I have yeah, flipped, yeah, sorry. flipped people the bird for much less, so yeah, I am sure. not going to blame Earl Thomas for being in the last year of his contract, trying to get more, not getting it, and then breaking his leg. I would be pretty upset about that, too. So I'm, I'm surprised he didn't flip them the double bird. That's what uh, I would have done in Thomas's situation. I am 100%. Yeah, I would have, too. I would have been firing, like, like like laser rocket <laughs> birds across the place. I'm, I just gave John 95 middle fingers. Uh, Trevor Simeon signed to back up Sam Darnold with the Jets, replacing Josh McCown as the backup there in New York. That's how slow this news day is. I like I like that we got free agency out of the way before the tournament, John. Like we can all get down to the business of not paying attention to work and watching basketball like a like average American human beings. We did like we don't have to we're not working. We're, we're ignoring work. Well, and that, if free agency was this week, if this had been the first week of free agency, this I mean, you would have to podcast every single day, but like ninety minutes where we're talking everything, dissecting everything. You would probably only be able to watch five minutes of basketball. You'd be miserable. You wouldn't be happy. We know when Brinson's not happy. You can tell in his voice. Mm. Uh, so it's it's a good thing. All I sound I sound kind of happy, don't I? I sound kind of happy. Uh, you definitely sound happy. Uh, it's it's because I decided my wife is doing the keto diet, and she's a little keto crazy. Three days in, but I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I can't. No, I can't do that. That means I can't drink beer. Can't eat any 
any carbs? Please, I went ahead and had the hamburger yesterday. And, and I, you fixed the dishwasher. Let's not forget that. That, that adds to the happiness factor. I have not fixed the toilet though. I'm a little upset about that. I like, I like being handy around the house and I haven't fixed the toilet. So that's, a, that's bothering me a little bit, but I'll get to it. Uh, do you care about Trevor Simeon? No, we don't care about it. Trevor Simeon. Good signing by the, the Jets. That's a nice backup move. But I like is that it. a step up from Josh McCown. You know, like if Sam Darnold gets hurt, are you more comfortable with Josh McCown or Trevor Simeon? Probably Josh McCown, but I think McCown is like, Mauling retirement. I think he's decided he's out is my, my understanding. Um, okay. So let's, we're going to, we're going to first, we're going to talk brackets and then we'll get to, should we do brackets or break and then free agency and then brackets? Uh, I feel like we should end with brackets. That's probably right. It would be stupid to talk about brackets in the middle of the podcast. And then go back to football. Yeah, that would be silly. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. We'll break down free agents and reveal our brackets. Finger out sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so John Breach, at John Breach on Twitter, you ranked all 32 teams based on what they've done in free agency. Now explain the rules here because I don't want it to be like, it's not just signings, right? It's, 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 to, it's like we're a week into the new league year. Is it, is, it, is that what it is? Like who's, who's done the best job in the last week, right? Is that what it is? This is who's done the best job of acquiring or adding players, whether free agency, re-signing, trades, this offseason after one week of free agency. Because that way we can throw in the trades that happened in February, some big ones, uh, a few free agent signings in February because guys were true free agents because they had been released. Uh, so it basically encompasses everything that's happened over the past six weeks. But since right now is a week after free agency, it seems like a good time to kind of go back. And there's not a lot of big-name players left to be signed. So you can't really change your standing in this ranking uh, too much because there's just not enough players out there. Okay, well, uh, who's last? Who's the worst? Who's effed it up the most so far in, free, in the new league year? You know, I almost feel bad because one of our NFL editor, Kevin, who, who – hi, Kevin. Podcast a, listener, listens to podcasts, claims, loves, claims he listens every day at the gym, humble brag. It's well, fine. we're going to find out if he does because yeah. – he loves the Giants, and I just feel like all day we are piling on the Giants at all times. And he piles on them, too, because how bad it's been. But anyway, they are ranked dead last in these free agency rankings. They've had the worst offseason. It's been embarrassing. I don't even know what to say. I mean, this was the easiest part of the rankings was putting the Giants <laughs> in the last spot. I didn't have to think twice about that one. Um, uh, and, well, I look, and I, I agree, and I feel it, it, it's, it's, it's actually ironic because usually – this is like a brown centric podcast because we're like, look at what the Browns are doing. And now because the Giants traded Odell Beckham to the Browns, this has become a Giants podcast where literally every single show or like, well, maybe not every single one, but like I would say literally half the shows over the past week have started off with, you won't believe what the Giants did now. Or like me ranting about the Giants for five minutes before we go to a mock draft or something like that. Uh, and I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I think there is a chance, and I wrote this uh, in my mock draft uh, for Wednesday, that they could trade a second-round pick for Josh Rosen, add two defensive players in the first round, and then we could say, okay, I see what they're doing. They're starting to come up with some stuff. Maybe I don't hate what they've got, but I, I'm with you. You 
you, know, you add Kevin Zeitler and you add Jabril Peppers, but you lose Odell Beckham and you add Golden Tate. You lose Olivier Vernon. You lose Landon Collins. Not a great offseason so far. Or wait, here's how they could go from 32 to 1. Take the pick they got from the Browns. Take the sixth overall pick. Send them to Seattle for Russell Wilson. I don't think the Seahawks would say no if you made that offer. Set whoa, 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 what? You, wait, wait, 17 and 6, the Seahawks would trade. I don't think they would trade it for Russell. You don't think so? No, I think they think they can win this year. I, I, I like what you're thinking. And we, we both agree that that Jimmy Fallon interview was, he left it open, right? He, he danced around the question just like Schneider and Pete Carroll did at the uh, NFL Combine when they oh. were asked about it. Nobody flat out said, no, this is not going to happen. They just kind of said, ha, 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 the media is crazy during the offseason. But that's dancing. That's not shutting down rumors. And then Russell was even like, he's like, I do, you know, I do win a Super Bowl in New York. So, you know, New York's like, uh, it's got to, and it's like, whoa, whoa, buddy. And, and then he did, I thought the other thing he did, I wrote about this on Wednesday. You wrote about the, the giant stuff. We wrote two articles off Jimmy Fallon's interview with Russell Wilson because so, why not? so good job, Jimmy Fallon. Way to ask the hard hitting questions. Not every night show talk show host does that. I gotta give Jimmy Fallon credit. I mean, he the way he asked the questions, it's so doofusy that it's like he can like sneak in like I heard like you might be going to the Giants. <laughs> so the player doesn't feel like they're on the spot, and so right. they're more likely to answer it. Yeah, Russell's like, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a crazy rumor, but you know, like Jimmy Fallon can. He's not like. You go to the Giants. You want to say, he's like, eh, you could sign with my Giants. It's like, he can't <laughs> sign with the Giants. That's not how that works, Jimmy. Um, and, and, but at any rate, yeah, look, I, I don't think it's out of the question that Russell Wilson plays somewhere else. Uh, Jason Lockin Ford and I've talked about that at length here on this very podcast. Um, and he's made it clear that he wants, he's, he, it was very obvious that Russell believes, firmly believes that he will be the highest paid quarterback in NFL history when he signs his next contract. And John, I don't know if the Seahawks who made their bones and won the title, their first title with John Schneider and Pete Carroll by virtue of having a, a, a quarterback on a rookie deal and being able to pay tons of defensive players, if they would be willing to make him the highest paid player and quarterback in NFL history and not be able to have their defense. Exactly. They've been willing to chop money wherever it takes. If it means bringing in draft picks or lower cost talent and, uh, a bunch of first round picks would be a lot cheaper than giving Russell Wilson 35 or 40 million a year. And the other thing I want to say is that JLC has been all over this, but when we were doing, uh, this trade, the Russell Wilson trade stuff, I was trying to go back and see where this came up. And yeah, obviously Colin Coward talked about it in February, but there was a report from last April and you wrote the story. It came from Jim Trotter of the NFL yeah, Network. Yeah. And this was last year. He's and he said, Wilson's going to play through 2018. And the Seahawks might decide to to trade him after that. Like he literally said that. Now here we are with everybody dancing around the question. It's just a crazy situation. I think that Russell's people and Jason made a good point that Russell's agent is a baseball agent. So maybe he's he's thinking about this both from a okay, we got to get to the market and get maximum value. And um, John and I keep checking to see who's going to win between Arizona State and St. John's. It looks like Arizona State will hang on. It'd be embarrassing if I mentioned that it didn't happen. But Russell's agent um, also understands when the new CBA is coming up, and so if you're Russell, play play 2019 on your current contract. Which, by the way, he's underpaid. Play 2020 on a franchise tag, and then see what happens. And maybe the new CBA gives like ties the quarterback value to a percentage of the cap, and you would be in. Uh, and maybe that maybe the new CBA. Says you can only be franchise tagged once. He would be a completely untethered free agent when you're allowed to tie twenty five percent of the cap to the to the quarterback position. That would be that he'd be able to go play anywhere he wanted. He would make fifty million a year if he could do that. And so I think that Russell, having made all the money he's made, having won the Super Bowls he's won the Super Bowl he won and been to two, unless the Seahawks will give him thirty more than Aaron Rodgers makes right now. He's not going to sign some lesser deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to tie all of this back together, when we were saying Dave Gettleman said he has a plan and no one knows what that <laughs> plan is, if that plan was just to rack up first round picks to trade for Russell Wilson, then this guy's playing, you know, four dimensional chess yeah. and we're playing, in we're the playing, dirt. we're playing Bunko and he's playing like, yes. like yes. laser, laser space chess or something like that. Um, 
Okay, I don't even know what story we – how did we get on Russell Wilson? How did you even get – oh, whoa, we're talking about your free agency rankings. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, the Giants are dead last. You have the Bengals at 31. I think that's uh, – I'm sorry. I'm proud of you for doing that. It's fair. Haven't had a good offseason. Uh, Redskins low. You actually have the Chiefs really low too. This is a good job by you because I don't think the Chiefs have had a good offseason even though they signed – uh, Tyron Matthew and added Carlos Hyde and, and some other players. Just, you know, they, and they and lost with the Chiefs, that. real quick, I just feel like their defense might have actually got worse. And it their definitely, defense it was definitely got worse last year. Yeah. So I don't like what's this team's plan defensively. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, you have the Colts low here. I don't know if I, I disagree with that. I think the Colts have had a. This is where, and I was on with um, John uh, uh, John Murphy and, and Bills and, Radio, Bills Radio, yeah, one Bills Live or whatever, and. Um, and they were like, you know, you wrote that the Bills are a, and I gotta see where you have the Bills. They were like, you wrote where the, yo, perfect. The great segue for me. You, they were like, you wrote that the Bills are a winner in free agency. They were like, can you be a winner if you're not making splashy moves? I was like, that's the, like, best case scenario is you're out there making second, second wave moves, cheaper moves to build up your roster without breaking the bank. Building talent around your quarterback. And I think, don't you think, agree? You're the Bills at number six. Great call, I think. Don't you think the Bills have done a good job of supplementing the talent around Josh Allen while also keeping, um, you know, the, while also keeping the expenditures within reason? They have Cole Beasley. They added John Brown, Andre Roberts, all wide receivers, Frank Gore, ageless, the ageless wonder, Tyler Croft at tight end. And then they beat up the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, their defense pretty much carried them in playoffs in 2017. Yep. You have Josh Allen, a rookie, so you say, let's just take free agency, build around him, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do in the draft. And you can kind of draft for need at that point versus getting crazy. So, And I even wrote in the free agency rankings was that not getting Antonio Brown is probably the best thing that ever happened to them because that's $30 million that would have been tied up, and Antonio Brown probably would have hated Buffalo. We already know he did hate Buffalo, and once he got there, he would have hated it even more. Uh, so that would have just been a disaster waiting to happen. And, and Cole Beasley and John Brown don't have to be great if they're just both slightly above average. Uh, and we know Cole Beasley can do that. John Brown had to try and catch passes from Lamar Jackson, which no receiver did in Baltimore last mm. season because Lamar Jackson doesn't throw passes. Uh, so it's hard to say how he'll do. So I liked everything the Bills did, and, and that's why I had him at six. And real quick, you said the Colts, 25th. I do think the Colts were tough to rank. I probably – I had them – actually in the higher like 19 or 20 and then they got shoved back a little bit but here's the thing I just felt like they should have made one big move you know like I trust that front office they've been smart they went to the playoffs last year uh but also a lot of that could be attributed to the fact that Andrew Luck was finally healthy versus uh you know they made Darius Leonard was a brilliant draft pick but I would have made maybe one splash move instead of letting all that money just sit there and go to waste no that's fair and I, I mean, look, I think it, like the real NFL, all these teams who are in between, I don't know, 13 and 21 are all pretty, like, you could probably put them anywhere yeah, in that f- spot. Right. Like the Colts could have been 13 and the, and the, the Lions could have been 21 and, and you wouldn't have flinched. Uh, also in the top of your rankings, you have the Packers five, the Panthers four and the Cardinals three. Which one of those teams? That's obviously the Packers. Sorry. Which one of the Panthers or the Cardinals? is more likely to make a playoff run. You tell me who the Cardinals quarterback is, Brenton, and I'll answer your question. Well, this is my other question for you, and I think what the Cardinals are doing, John, and this is my Building for Kyler Murray? No, I think they're building for Josh Rosen. I don't think they're building for Kyler Murray. I think they're building with the idea that they can't get enough value for Josh Rosen. They, they're fine floating the Kyler Murray stuff out there. They don't mind letting everybody in the world think they're taking Kyler Murray. Um, and they're going to stick with Josh Rosen. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they trade Josh Rosen. You know, for I don't pick. think you're crazy because as I was writing that, I didn't realize all the offensive linemen obviously traded for Marcus Gilbert, added Max Garcia, J.R. Sweezy. And so it felt like they're kind of saying we're building this for a pocket quarterback. You know, that could be maybe they get crazy and take Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. But that's not Kyler Murray. Right. Uh so I mean it, I don't I don't know it's like not crazy to what you're thinking. That's what I was trying to tell Wilson the other day on the podcast. I was like are, I was like are you sure that like I was like is Marcus Gilbert the type of guy you would hire if you just had a crazy athletic young quarterback you know or or because I think getting Sweezy Max Garcia Marcus Gilbert 
you're basically saying, okay, we got a young quarterback. If we can protect him with Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, um, and then we got a decent defense. Like we got Suggs, who maybe have one more year left we in the tank. We could take Bosa. We're going to take Bosa, and then we got some Chandler Jones, like, cause then Terrell Suggs is not your, you know, your primary pass rusher. I mean, then you're talking about a guy, you got Terrell Suggs, you have Nick Bosa, and you have Chandler Jones. That's a lot of pass rush. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they take Quentin Williams number one, which I don't think is out off the table. Jordan Hicks is an underrated value at linebacker. I, I just feel like they, it, it feels like they're fine letting the smoke go everywhere. Ideally, they'd love to trade down. Uh, but if not, you know, they'll, they'll sit there and take, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think both things are on the table. Um, your number one and number two team, or number two and number one teams, Tennessee Titans, number two. And the Cleveland Browns, number one. This is, I was like scrolling through the article. I was like, I was like, oh, Breach is talking about my tweet. And I was like, oh, that's a tweet from 2013. I was like, oh, that's one from 2014. Oh, no. Every year I call the Browns offseason champions. And every year they're not. Should we be worried about the Browns, about me loving the Browns? Or is it better that, because like, this is, March 2013. Are the Browns going to be (laughs) AFC North offseason champions? This is me. March, May 2014, did not expect the most talked about team in the NFL offseason to be the Cleveland Browns. March 2017, don't tell anyone, but I kind of love what the Browns are doing this offseason. <laughs> what is the matter with me? And I mean, obviously, I love what the Browns are doing this offseason. Um, do you think that this is the, am I cursing them? What's happening here? I mean, it does kind of like your, and the thing is, Nobody will jump on the Browns bandwagon faster <laughs> than Brinson. They make, they think about making one move. <laughs> Brinson's all over it. If they would have pulled off the AJ McCarron trade in 2017 with the Bengals, they would have flown it. to Vegas that night <laughs> and made a Super Bowl bet on the Browns. Uh, yeah. but I think this year definitely feels different. I mean, look, you have a franchise quarterback in place. Odell Beckham finally has someone who can throw him the ball. Uh, Kareem Hunt, although he's not going to be playing those eight games, the first eight games of the season, still I feel like can do some damage there. Just this definitely feels different. I have never, as, as somebody who's followed the Bengals my entire life, every time you love the Browns, I never went into the following season thinking <laughs> the Browns are going to be better than the Bengals. But this is the first season where I, I don't see how that's not possible. I, I'm with you. It's hard not to. So it's hard not to like the Browns. Although at 14 to 1, I mean, I would, I'd rather back the Steelers to win the division, I think. Uh, and then the Titans, did you, did I, admit, the, I, I like what the Titans have done. I mean, the good backup quarterback, Adam Humphreys, Roger Saffold, and then you know, Cameron Wake could be, I, I think, I, I was, I was thinking earlier today how I wanted to do a list of teams that have, have had underrated off seasons, like the opposite of the Browns and the Jets. Um, and the two teams that I thought about were, the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. So kudos to you for uh, for getting those teams in there. And I'll say real quick with the Titans, just living in Nashville. This is my third off season living in Nashville, and wow. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's because it's the draft is here, but everybody's talking about football still. I mean, by yeah. this time they're usually talking about country music <laughs> or uh, Carrie Underwood selling her home uh, or some. Seeing Reese Witherspoon down on Broad, something. They're talking about something <laughs> absurd that has nothing to do with football. And now here we are in March, and that's what they're talking about. They're saying, hey, look, we just trade for Ryan Tannehill, uh, which is big because you never know when Marcus Mariota might go down or how many snaps. Blaine Gabbert played, like, was on the field all the time last year because Mario was just dealing with injuries all the time. They stole Adam Humphreys away from the Patriots. Total Mike Vrabel move. He knows his old coach better than anyone. And then I like the Cameron Wake sign. He might be 37, but he has been productive the last few years. And then they got Kenny Vaccaro with that extension before the safety market blew up. Uh, so it's just been like John Robinson's been on top of it. And they I, went nine and seven last year. You know, they could be contending in the AFC South this year. I agree. And like, if you take the Titans last year and if you put Ryan Tannehill on there, and I'm not, I know he thinks Ryan Tannehill is like a, <laughs> like, I mean, like, I mean, a few, but if you take Blaine Gabbert, if you take Blaine Gabbert out of those games and insert a healthy Ryan Tannehill, like, what's your over-under for starts on Ryan Tannehill this year? Uh, four. I would take the over. Well, do you think he's going to start because he's better than Mariota, or do you think he's going to start because Mariota gets injured? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't, like, who knows? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I think I could see Mariota getting hurt in, like, the third week. Tannehill coming in and then Tannehill sort of stealing the gig. I mean, like, like Wally Pipping him. I don't know. Um, it also has to be a little uncomfortable. That's unnerving. You're the franchise quarterback and they just traded but he, for so, a somewhat legit quarterback. Last year of his deal, though. 
Mariota, they don't know whether they can sign him. Um, I don't know. Uh, okay. Should we do brackets? We should do brackets. Uh, let's do brackets. Okay. So this is a shorter podcast than normal. Deal with it. But John and I are going to talk about a little bit of brackets. Again, go to sportsline.com slash brackets to get – use promo code touchdown. Get your first month for a buck. I'm about to hammer out my brackets, but I'm – so I don't, like, have the very specifics, but I know what teams I like. I know which teams I'm leaning towards. Um, what's your strategy, John, for, uh, for, for filling out your bracket and who do you have as your championship team? By the way, we did a, uh, we did a, well actually I'll tell this first because my, my technical pick for the CBS Sports, um, video, which we don't know where this video is going. It might be airing before the tournament. Um, I hope not. It might be airing because I filmed mine in my kitchen next to my son. It might be airing, um, on CBS Sports Network. It might just be on CBS Sports HQ. Maybe just be for Twitter. We'll see. Uh, but, but, um, I, I was sitting there with Robbie, my son, and I was asked by our, by Joe, Joey Levine to send, uh, or Joseph Levine, however he wants to do it, uh, Levin, whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, to send a video, sorry, Joey, uh, to send a video in. And, um, and, and so I was like, all right, Robbie, we'll do this right now. So I recorded it and I was like, Robbie, who's going to win the tournament? And he goes, Kobe White. And so, Therefore, the official Brinson household pick to win the NCAA tournament is the North Carolina Tar Heels. And if if they put the full video there, John, you'll be able to see the disdain in my face that my son has now decided his favorite catchphrase is Kobe White anytime somebody makes a good basketball play. How does that make you feel since you're an NC State homer? It's a disaster. I mean, look, Kobe White's a stud. I think Carolina has a very good shot at winning it. Um, I actually saw one, you can bet on Carolina to win the East, the Midwest regional at plus 175. Or if you can get three to one for them to win the regional, I like that. I, I, I would take Carolina in a heartbeat to win the, to win the whole tournament. Uh, if, if it was anything north of 10 to one, I think they're really good. I can't put them to win it all in my bracket, my actual bracket though, because there's no value. Because like, not only is everybody in the entire country doing Duke and Carolina in their brackets, but it's magnified in North Carolina. Like everybody, like you have to pick somebody else. Otherwise you're just one of 75, you know, Duke brackets or 75 Carolina brackets in a, in a pool of like a hundred or 200 people. And it's just you, no chance you're going to win. Yeah. And that is the best advice you can give anyone because like if you pick Duke, that means you also are going to have to call every upset. There's going to be 700 other people that pick Duke and yes. they probably did call the upsets after not watching any college basketball I, all year. I saw, a, I also did not pick Duke. I saw a projection. And I won't say what side it was for because it's not at CBS, but I saw it on Twitter. Projected 40% of people in the brackets were going to pick Duke. That is effing crazy. 40, 40% of like 7 million people are going to pick Duke to win it all. And I get it because they're that good and they look that dominant. And that Duke, uh, Carolina semifinal where Zion played, they were outstanding. And then the, the, they, they crushed Florida State in the, in the, in the finals on Saturday night. I get it. I, I, I get it, but. Uh, I will not be, I will be zagging while the others zig towards Duke. I will literally be zagging because I'm picking Gonzaga to win it all. Wow. Perfect segue, for instance. Um, okay. you know, you know that. My, you I, that? no, I had no idea, but that's, that's brilliant. Thank you. Um, I didn't think I told you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. did this guy know what I'm doing? It's in my head. Um, uh, but it's because my wife, AK picks Gonzaga every year. Do you know why her Gonzaga is her favorite uh, team? I'm not. This is not a because they're a Cinderella team and she loves Disney movies. That's a very good guess, but it's not right. She, in her mind, Gonzaga sounds like a combination of boobs and cheese. Boob cheese. They're like Gorg- I think it's Gorgonzola and Gonzaga. Or like <laughs> Gonzaga. I-, I don't know, man. That's what she. That's her explanation. If you asked her, if you're like, why do you like Gonzaga, she would say that. I just want to put this out there that that is not why I picked them. <laughs> I had nothing to do with cheese. My backup plan was to take Cincinnati. Uh, Nick Lachey, 98 degrees. He'll take Cincinnati. I'm from Cincinnati. They're seven seed. I like him as a dark horse, but I just don't think, uh, they're going to get out of North Carolina's. I don't even think they are. They're in Virginia's bracket, but I don't, didn't pick Cincinnati. Who's your, who's in your final four? Uh, I have Duke. Gonzaga, obviously. Gonzaga. I had all the one seeds except for one. That's mm. always my plan. Three one seeds and a wild card. So who do you have Gonzaga playing in the finals? North Carolina. So you have a chalky bracket there. Well, dude, you. It's a Here's chalky year. It's fine. It's fine. 
if you're in a pool, you need to, all your upsets in the first round, but you can't have the upsets going very far because they never go far. That's right. And then you ride the chalk into the final four, and then you pick you put one crazy team in the final four. And I'm trying to find my bracket. See who I did. You're fine. Um, I ha- again, I haven't filled mine out. It's uh, we're recording this at 11:49 p.m. Oh my god, John, 12 hours. We were recording this 12 hours before basketball starts, which is a, a pretty incredible feeling. Um, I will say that my final four, the Duke is a tough one, man. Um, because you, like, if you don't pick Duke to go to the final four and they do go to the final four and they are a heavy favorite to go to the final four, you lose out on a lot of points. Yes. Like you're well, on, that's the thing. you have to at least have them in the final four if you don't want to lose your bracket because everybody else is going to. Unless you do correctly pick that they'll lose a game. Now here's the thing about Duke that I'll tell you. Duke is capable if they run into a team that plays good, can, can match him up on defense and force him to shoot from the perimeter. Duke can shoot poorly. Like how many of those teams are in their region that can do that? Virginia Tech can beat Duke. I don't know if Maryland can. LSU would, I don't know if LSU can do it without Will Wade. Michigan State can beat him. Two teams, two teams can beat him in that, in that, in that, um, bracket. Michigan State is not a crazy, and now I'm laughing because, so, have you ever done a uh, Calcutta before? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Alright, so, on Monday night. I don't know what Bongo is either. Bongo, I don't, Bongo's a dice game that these women play. Men can play it too, it's not. But I don't know. My wife and her friends played it on Wednesday. It's, you roll dice. It sounds dumb. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a European, uh, dice game. Anyway, it's, it's gambling, whatever. Uh, Calcutta is, we went and there were myself and three, three other guys were on our team and we went to this bar that was rented out for the night. And we had our buddy who was hosting it was in a tuxedo and he was an auctioneer and he auctions off every team in the bracket. And you can bid on every team. And so you have to figure out, like, how much do you want to spend on each team? Like, we bought – in hindsight, we – I had said that I did, wanted to buy two seeds outside of Duke's bracket and Carolina's bracket because you don't want – you know, you don't want to mess with it. We paid $300 for Michigan State. So uh, – You sound like the Jets and free agency, man. Yeah, throwing we do. Money crazy stuff. Ooh, CJ And Mosley. Le'Veon Bell went to Michigan State. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. Good call. Um, yeah. So I think – yeah, maybe paying up for the team that has to go – has to beat Duke to get to the Final Four was a bad idea. That, that's um, that's not ideal. I, I, I think uh, – I mean, I hate – I don't want to pick Duke and – uh, Duke and Carolina. I, I think Houston is a sleeper to make a run. Um, I would not be surprised if Auburn made a run, although Auburn is a very popular team because they're SEC championship. Uh, nobody is on Purdue and they're a three seed, which is a little uh, weird. It's funny. We're on the same page right now. I told you I always have that one wild card final four team. I pulled up my bracket and it is in fact Purdue. Wow. I mean, nobody's on Purdue. I'll I'm t- on Purdue. I'll, you know where there's actually value and this sounds dumb? I think there's value in Virginia. Like, cause I don't think anybody's going to pick Virginia to win it after, after they lost. After what happened last year. Yeah. And like Virginia's really good. Um, they do run into, and listen, I'm going to give people a betting tip here now. If Wisconsin beats Oregon, they'll play. Okay. First of all, just take Wisconsin unders every single game because they can end up playing. If they win two games, Wisconsin can play Oregon. That will be a, that, they won't score a hundred points in that game. Then they might play Kansas State. They won't, they won't score 75 points in that game with Dean Wade out. Then they might play Virginia. And if Wisconsin plays Virginia, those two teams will combine for 65 points. 38 to 37. Exactly. It will be, it will not, it will be a, a quest for 60. Um, I think Cincinnati's a good call on a dark horse. I, I mean, I like Tennessee a lot. Although Rick, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, their coach, Rick Barnes doesn't have a great tournament history. And, uh, Florida State. I think Florida State's a good, a good sleeper for a final four run because they, they have to beat the Zags. They, they gotta beat Marquette and the Zags. Um, I would worry a little bit. Gonzaga's Buffalo. Pl- Buffalo is very good too. It's a good call. Buffalo. That's I like my only rule of picking brackets is I have a max school win at least one game every year. And you know what? It pays off about 50% of the time. Buffalo's legit. Pencil in. Do you, how far do you have Wofford going? I have Wofford winning the first game against Seton Hall and oh, losing Kentucky. They got such a bad draw. Like, I, yeah. if they weren't if they weren't a seven seed, I would expect. I think they could make it to the Sweet Sixteen easily. Man, beating Kentucky is tough. 
If they had been in Iowa State's spot, which is in that same bracket, Iowa State's playing Ohio State. And then, I could, I could and see then, Wofford beating Ohio State and then beating Houston or Georgia State. Hundred uh, percent. They're not getting past Kentucky. Kentucky's got too many. I mean, they, I mean, they might. But I, I don't. I don't think it's likely. Um, who do you have anybody else in this making a deep run that you that you think people surprise some people? By the way, Ohio I, State. But that's because I'm a homer, being from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh. And in that the bracket where I went crazy was the Purdue bracket, the Virginia bracket, and it's because of exactly what you said. Where I'm that guy where I get burnt by a team and I I remember it for thirty I'm, years. I'm out on them, and that's Virginia. You know they lose to the 16 seed last year, so I just wiped them out of that bracket. And in the final of that region, I have Purdue versus Cincinnati. I would not be – here's – got a shocker, a semi-shocker for you. I don't know. People might be on this. I don't, it's like fantasy football. There's just not as many sleepers as there used to be. I'm going to say that the a second-round matchup is going to feature in the East Belmont against Yale. Yale beats LSU. Belmont meets Maryland. And you have an 11 seed against a 14 seed in the uh, in the, in the the second round. That's hey, man, Belmont's here in Nashville. I'm all over Belmont. That's the other thing I do. If I live in a city and they have a college, I'm all – I have the weirdest rules for picking teams. That's not weird. It makes total sense. It's better than Belmont look good against uh, uh, who do they whip up on against Temple? I mean, they're just like they're fast and long and white. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like the way they play basketball. And then also, like if you're the coach of a team and your dad filed a lawsuit against the school you're playing, uh, I always pick the Sun. Who's I'm talking about Minnesota Louisville. Oh yeah, that was a shoddy job by the committee to put Richard Patino against Louisville. Like you. Any other seven seed, dude. Any other seven seed. Just don't make Richard Patino. I like. I have to pick Minnesota, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Although, actually, no. Louisville's good. Louisville could beat Michigan State too. Um, okay, John. Let's get out of here. This podcast ended up being longer than I thought. That's how this podcast works almost every time. Thanks to you for joining me. Thanks to uh, everybody for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Spotify, St- uh, Stitcher, Spotify. That's right, John. And uh, we'll be back on Friday. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy free agency. Thanks, John. Anytime, Brinson.